I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English. You look at my dad, he's Aboriginal. And look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore. I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like most of them call me Auntie Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emerson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. We're going to learn the story of Clorinda Masters on Meet the Mob. We're sitting in the kitchen at Ungaru in Singleton. How long have you been here, Clorinda? Since August. And what's your job? Uh, Youth support officer, so working with youth at risk of homelessness or who are homeless. Is that a big problem here in Singleton? It is, yeah. I didn't realise that homelessness was a specific problem for Aboriginal youth. How so? Um, Lots of family breakdowns. So a lot of the youth are quite transient too, so they're couch surfing a lot, so there's no stable accommodation, um, which then decreases their chances of employment and education and that kind of thing as well. So it kind of cycles and escalates, I suppose, towards into adulthood. You said there's transient population here. Where are these young people sort of coming from or going to? (laughs) There's a a lot of the time it's between here and the Central Coast, um, but even between here and Newcastle, here and Cessnock, here and, um, you know, Musselbrook, just around. Yeah, it depends where family is. So um, we get a lot of people from Dubbo as well coming. So, How do these young people on the move go from being with family to being homeless? relationship breakdowns primarily so that's that's the biggie so um you know the relationship breaks down between mum and daughter you know dad and son thereabouts and then they go looking state uncle's place auntie's place and then that breaks down um there's a lot of intergenerational trauma that's happening which causes just some personal stuff if it's not processed can escalate and sort of perfect storm as well in all that intergenerational trauma so What's it like as a 30-year-old dealing with intergenerational trauma for a job? (laughs) Um, I fly by the seat of my pants, (laughs) quite frankly. So I just take it case by case, client strength-based work, taking the strengths of the family, of the individual, and using that to um, provide options and choices for them so they can then um, realise that they do have choices and that they have the power to make those choices to suit themselves and their family and their situation and... Where did you learn your skills to deal with homeless youth? I've made kind of a progression from childcare and doing childcare in a family support service, did a bit of family support. I trained at TAFE um, and now at uni um, and just on the job, really, and talking to people, um, listening, not judging. What are you doing at uni? Bachelor of Community Services. Clorinda Masters on Meet the Mob Mm -hmm. on 1233 ABC Newcastle. Where did you grow up? Cardiff, primarily, yes. So I moved to Newcastle when I was 10 from Narromine. And tell me about your Aboriginal background. Um, That's a tricky one. So my mum was adopted, so we've only sort of found that out in the last few years, um, that her biological family all identify, um, and they're from up at Rockhampton, so they're Murrays. 
So when you say it's complicated, how has that complicated, say, your life and your sense of identity? Because I didn't grow up identifying, so I didn't find out this information until I was an adult. Just having that transition and realising that there's a whole other sort of identity for myself as well and just to try and find that and not feel like a a fraud, I suppose, um, because I wasn't brought up identifying. So it's been quite interesting, a little bit of self-discovery, a bit of you know, inner reflection. As a young person, did you ever have any suspicion that you might be Aboriginal? No, it was always the running joke because I go quite dark, especially in summer, so it was always a running joke at school between friends and that, but, yeah, no, I, I, other than that, I was just me. I didn't really didn't care either way. Like, I've, um, I've been brought up quite tolerant, so regardless... Can you remember when you first found out and how in the family you talked about it, learned about it, dealt with it? Yeah, well, so mum was talking um, to one of her biological nieces and um, regarding her pregnancy and she ticked the Identify as Aboriginal box and mum went, oh. <laughs> and so and mum sort of asked a bit more about it and said, oh, no, that's a long... Um, so mum's biological mother's line. That must have been quite a shock for your mother. <laughs> it was, definitely, yep. And did she then go and do some digging? Uh, she kind of has, but hasn't been able to gain a lot of information at this stage, so it's still a work in progress. When your mum first told you, how was that conversation played out? Um, she just went, hey, guess what? <laughs> and that, that was about it, yeah. And I went, okay, cool. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, it wasn't, didn't, yeah. Obviously, that's a part of you now that you're happy to be upfront about. Is that right? Yeah, no, I'm. Ha- yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's part of my genetics, part of, you know, I'm learning every day as, as you are, regardless of whether you're, you're finding out something later in life, I suppose. Um, you're always learning about who, who you are as a person. So it's just a constant, yeah, working it out and finding out information and going, okay, cool, that's part of me. There's a perception in some parts of the community that people pretty much just like you, over-identify with their Aboriginality. I'm sure you've heard that criticism. What do you say about it? Um, Yeah, I don't like to get into that sort of debate because I I just... um, I think people identify in a way that they're comfortable with um, and it's not for me to judge. So I just... if, If I perhaps personally don't agree with it I just keep my mouth shut and that's their that's their journey that's their life that's their choices so yeah has anyone ever judged you for being one thing one day and another thing the next um not to my face (laughs) so other than that I don't know (laughs) you haven't heard no no yeah don't know Clarinda Masters I meet the mob on 1233 ABC Newcastle You choose to work in Aboriginal service. Why so? I just think um, it's a different set of skills. I think it's a big gap in our community as well. And I um, I actually really enjoy working with the families as well. I'm learning, always learning about the area, learning about um, different families, different, you know, the the kinship, the different ways that they go about things. Um, I love all that information and, and expanding my own sort of knowledge of everything community everything having grown up in a non-aboriginal community can you observe in any way how aboriginal families are different 
the, the emphasis on family is really important and just I love how um, young people have the option of going to auntie, going to uncles. I think that's really important that we need to also bring into the white Australian culture as well, just have that village back. So I think um, that's been lost along the way and I, I would hate to see that be lost within the Aboriginal community as well. So I think that's really important. Clorinda, I cannot help but notice that you are quite a fashionable young person with delightful matching a necklace and bracelets there. Do you have a bit of a taste for bling? Um, only for work. I'm very different at home. <laughs> a bit more. Um, I have my professional sort of stuff going on and then at home I'm a bit more relaxed and a bit more um, rock and roll, I suppose. <laughs> Feral? I don't know. <laughs> okay, but when it comes to work you like, uh, you like coordinating because you've got this really gorgeous <laughs> yellowy necklace, uh, bracelet and even ring matching. Yeah. yeah, I live in a house full of boys. I've got three boys so um, I've got a maintain some femininity <laughs> to a point. <laughs> Tell me about the boys in your life. Um, yes, I've got three boys, nine, seven and five. They're just little rogues that keep me busy and guessing and I've got to try and stay ahead of them. <laughs> what are your hopes for them? To grow up to be kind and compassionate and to have tolerance. With three kids under nine... <laughs> I'm wondering whether you have any spare time, but if you do, what do you do with it? Beach. Go to the beach. <laughs> That'd be a bit hard from here in Singleton. It is. We do. We spend our whole weekend at the beach normally, especially in summer. We travel down and spend the day there and then come back and then head back down. <laughs> what beach? Uh, normally Dixon Park, but it depends on what the surf conditions are like and what we want to do and where we want to do afterwards and that, so anything salt water sand wherever <laughs> you're a beach baby i am <laughs> you've started your university qualification and uh, when will you finish uni hopefully um two th- halfway through 2017 so i've got a year and a half to go and what do you plan to do with that qualification keep it in my back pocket and um get paid more later <laughs> do you think you'll work all your life yes Yes, I like to work. I like to be busy. I don't have an off button, so I'm all or nothing. Clearly, you take your professional life seriously. Do you have a vision for where you want to go? Yeah, I do. I, um, I do want to, um, at some stage, get into juvenile justice and really work at giving um, those young people some choices to make, to make better choices and to be that person that believes in them and believes that they are capable of great things, um, building their capacity, empowering them, empowering them to make really good choices for their life. So I'd love to do that. I'm always taken aback, Clorinda, at the number of Aboriginal people I meet, young or old, who have this commitment and passion to working with their community and a lot of them wanting to get people out of juvenile justice or away from the law. Personally, I see that our youth has a lot of potential. There's a lot of um, young people out there that just need that one person to believe in them. So um, not to do it for them, but to give them the tools to do it themselves. Without necessarily citing names of people in the work that you've done, can you give me an example of where you think you've really made a difference in somebody's life? I've had people come to me with full family breakdown and just providing them with um, a safe accommodation for a short period of time so they can get their feet on the ground, um, get them back into the workforce, a bit of training, some TAFE, um, and then once they're getting their own income, their off-settling income, um, they're 
building their own self-confidence, they're believing in themselves, not just other people saying you can do it, they're starting to believe in themselves and um, really making some firm life goals and really positive goals for their life and really wanting to break any cycles that have happened and take a totally different path. And you've been directly involved in stories of young people's lives like that? Yeah, I have. And it's really nice to see. It's it's nice to see them grow from this really unsure, not, not really loving themselves. They deserve a really happy life. They deserve to be confident and they're worthy of their own self-love as well. It sounds like you've got a very satisfying area of work. <laughs> yeah, some days not so much, but um, it is. On a whole, it is. I really enjoy it. So, Even though the statistics, when you read the statistics, they're pretty bleak. They are, yeah. Um, to get the good outcomes, there's a lot of not-so-great outcomes, but it's just always having an open door. Sometimes it takes a few falls for these young people to go, OK, now I'm really making the change. So um, giving them... Um, some hard decisions sometimes saying okay well if you can't um, participate or get what you need out of this program then um, you know you can come back when you're ready so sometimes they do that a couple of times and then they come back and they really succeed so Clarinda Masters on Meet the Mob on 1233 ABC Newcastle you're working here in Singleton now you're just 30 I wonder if you could cast your mind forward to say Clarinda Masters at, at 40 what would you like to see here in the community, say, in Singleton, that would be different to what you see today? Some youth with a lot of options, more services up here, some some great transport because a lot of our youth um, don't um, drive and don't have that capacity or the family support to learn to drive. So some really great transport so they their world's open so it's not just Singleton. There is a whole country out there to, to move to, to work at, to visit, to holiday and to um, perhaps get out of some of these toxic cycles. So, And what about for yourself? How do you see yourself when you hit 40, fabulous 40s? <laughs> the kids moved out of home, <laughs> travelling, um, working, and I, I, I really I want to be working till I kick the bucket, I think. <laughs> Spending my off time I'm travelling, going overseas. and yeah. Got a destination in mind? Anywhere with a beach. <laughs> to follow the surfing pro around or something, do something cool like that. Well, I hope the surf's good when you get there. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to a 1233 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au slash newcastle.